0: The Lord be with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. As Jesus passed by, he saw a blind man from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither he nor his parents sinned. It is so that the works of God might be made visible through him. We have to do the works of the one who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva and smeared the clay on his eyes and said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam. Which means sent. So he went and washed and came back able to see. His neighbors and those who had seen him earlier as a beggar said, Isn't this the one that used to sit and beg? Some said, It is. But others said, No, he just looks like him. He said, I am. So they said to him, How were your eyes opened? He replied, The man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes, and he told me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went there and washed, and I was able to see. And they said to him, Where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought the one who was once blind to the Pharisees. Now Jesus had made clay and opened his eyes on a Sabbath. So then the Pharisees also asked him, how he was able to see. He said to them, He put clay on my eyes, and I washed, and now I can see. So some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, because he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, How can a sinful man do such signs? And there was a division among them. So they said to the blind man again, What did he say to you? What do you have to say about him, since he opened your eyes? He said, He is a prophet. Now, the Jews did not believe that he had been blind and gained his sight until they summoned the parents of the one who had gained his sight. They asked them, Is this your son, who you say was born blind? How does he see now? His parents answered and said, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind. We do not know how he sees now, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He is of age. He can speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews. For the Jews had already agreed that if anyone acknowledged him as the Christ, he would be expelled from the synagogue. For this reason, his parents said, He is of age. Question him. So a second time they called the man who had been blind and said to him, "Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner." He replied, "If he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know is that I was blind, and now I see." So they said to him, "What did He do to you? How did he open your eyes?" He answered them, I told you already, and you did not listen. Why, do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? They ridiculed him and said, You are the man's disciple. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses. But we do not know where this one is from. The man answered and said to them, This is what is so amazing. That you do not know where he is from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if one is devout and does his will, he listens to him. It is unheard of that anyone ever opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he would not be able to do anything. The incident said to him, You were born totally in sin, and you were trying to teach us. And they threw him out. When Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, he found him and said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered and said, Who is he, sir, that I may believe him? Jesus said to him, You have seen him, the one speaking with you is he. He said, I do believe, Lord, and he worshiped him. Then Jesus said, I came into the world for judgment, so that those who do not see might see, and those who do see might become blind. Some of the Pharisees who were with him heard this and said to him, Surely, We are not also blind, are we? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you are saying, We see. So your sin remains. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I took 32 teenagers and a gaggle of chaperones to Denver, Colorado to see the Pope on the occasion of World Youth Day. So there we were in this very large field with thousands of people, and in the distance came the helicopters. After they landed, they came onto the stage one by one, starting with the bishops and the cardinals. When the Pope arrived on the stage, there was a thunderous response. Thousands of people were cheering, and I was looking over the shoulders of thousands in front of me, and I saw a white dot, a little white dot. At least we were in the same zip code. (laughs) I went back to my parish in New Jersey, and the pastor took off on his vacation to Rome. When he came back 10 days later, I said, How was your vacation? How did it go? And he says, Oh, it was wonderful. In fact, it was absolutely terrific. I got to see the Holy Father. I celebrated mass with him in his own private chapel. I said, "No. no. And then he pulled out eight and a half by 11 photos of him with the Pope. And I said, "That is not fair. That is not fair. I take 32 kids to evangelize the youth of the world, and I get a dot, you go on vacation to Rome, and you get eight and a half by 11 glosses. That is not fair." He says, "I have connections. Then he said to me, Peter, it's all about who you know. So I was sitting in the dentist chair and the dentist, because I was a new patient, the dentist was explaining to me the difference between a healthy tooth and an unhealthy tooth. So he's holding this giant tooth, showing me all this, and I don't know what got over me, but I kind of changed the subject, and I said, gee, you know, I go fly fishing, and I have a fly fishing friend who happens to also be, he was a dentist, he's just retired. His name is Mel Harris. And he stopped, and he put the, the tooth down, and he says, you know Dr. Melvin Harris? Do you know who he is? I go, yeah, he's a pretty good fly fisherman. He said, no, he's an he's a, he oral surgeon. He is a very famous oral surgeon. I was one of his students. I was there when he had a procedure. He took something that was very difficult and made it very easy. He's famous. A couple of weeks later, I was in a rowboat with the famous oral surgeon. And I didn't know what to say. So I said to him, I said, so we we're fly fishing. And I said, I heard that you were famous. And what do you have to say about that? So he told me the story. He says, well, one time I had a patient and he had a really bad tooth decay, and it'd be out because of his smoking. And I says, you have to stop smoking. You've got to stop smoking. He said, I can't. I tried everything. I went everywhere. I just can't. So he says, let's try something. Let's try a little hypnosis. He says, what I want you to do is I want you to close your eyes. And he closed his eyes and he said, I want you to imagine you smoking a cigarette. Take the cigarette out of the pack, put it in your mouth, light it, and smoke the cigarette. And then he says to the patient, he says, what is the best experience of when you, when you smoke that cigarette? And he said, the exhale. So the doctor so the dentist said, why is the best experience the exhale? Because he says, when I let out all exhale, all of that smoke, it's just so relaxing. It's like all the stress just leaves my body. And he says, now what I want you to do is I want you to close your eyes and fill your lungs. Instead of this time with smoke, I want you to fill it with fresh, clean air. <gasps> and hold. And now let it out. He said, how's that volume? you? He said, relaxing. I said, so what happened? He said he quit. I got him to quit. Here's a guy. Here's a guy who tried everything. He could not quit smoking until he found the right person. It's all about who you know. When I came here finally to Boston from New Jersey, where I was first stationed, we had to fix up the place. It was a lot of, it's an old building, a lot of problems. So we took out a half a million dollar loan. And the first thing we did with the loan is we hired an architect to go over the whole building to draw up a list of all the things that we needed to do. All the leaks, all the problems on the list. When he finished his feasibility study, he gave it to me. He said, a half a million dollars? You need ten million dollars to just get some of it done. I was devastated. How am I supposed to turn a half a million into ten million dollars? How am I supposed to do all of this work? I'm a priest. I say mass. I hear confessions. I anoint the sick. That's what I do. I don't do all of this stuff. Then I said, I don't do this. I don't know how to do all this. But I know someone who can. I know a contractor that's had years of experience with this. Can turn this place into something beautiful. So I called him on the phone and I said to him, Dad, you're hired. See, that's the thing. We think that we have to do all the work, we think it's all about us. We shoulder all these problems, we take on Mission Impossible, and it's not about us, it's about who we know. So in the gospel today, what does Jesus do? Jesus sees a blind man, puts some, some clay on his eyes, and says, wash in the pool of Siloam. So he's probably in the temple begging, because that's where all the people are, and when the pool of Siloam is at the bottom of the hill. So he climbs to the bottom, walks to the bottom of the hill. When he gets to the bottom of the hill, that's the pool of Siloam. So he's got all of this clay in his eyes, so he's washing out the clay, he's taking the water and splashing his eyes, he's splashing his eyes, and the clay comes out, and then of course when you get something in your eye, you're rubbing your eyes. So there he is, he's rubbing his eyes, he's rubbing his eyes, and then all of a sudden he takes his hands away from his eyes, he opens his eyes, and for the first time in his life, light, and color, and depth, and height just filled inside of his body. And he goes, oh. And people, all the people ask him, how did he open your eyes? Who opened your eyes? Who was it that did this? Why are they all interested? Why do they want to know? What do they want to know? Because it's about who you know. That's why Jesus came. So we would know him. So whenever we get a Mission Impossible, whenever we get problems that's piling up on our shoulders, whenever we can't seem to do it and there's so much to do, it's not about us. It's about what we know.